don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. This is Optimus Primer Button, leader of the auto part junkies. And I'm calling on all auto parts junkies to listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every Tuesday at 7 p.m. here on Tantalk. This is Optimus Primer Button. If you don't tune in, it will be the end of the world. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. Hi, this is Jay Leno. Hi, everybody. This is David Hobbs. Hi, this is Bob Marshall. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver, Adam Carolla. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Hi, this is Robert Yates. Hey, this is Lou Santiago. I'm John Forrest. Hey, this is Jack Roush. Hello, Florida. I'm Ken Squire. Hi, this is Etzel Ford. Hi, I'm Corky Coker. Hey, this is Dennis Gage. Hi, this is Sam Amolo. Hi, this is Janet Hi, I'm Bruce Cohn. Hi, I'm Bob Lutz. Hi, this is Dave McClellan. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock. Hi, this is Norm Gravowski. Hey, I'm Dave Despain. Hey, this is Wayne Carini. This is Bill Warner. Hey, I'm Steve Bignanti. This is Kevin Bird. This is Arlen Ness. This is Ed Justice Jr. Hi, I'm Casey Jones. Hi, I'm Paul Kelly. I'm Richard Hutchins. Hi, this is Danny Sullivan. Hi, I'm Bob Bondron. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Strange. This is Daryl Starbird. Hi, this is Fort Hickok. Hi, this is Ed Skandarian here. This is Robin Miller. Hey, Sports fans, this is Peter Brock here. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Racing is important to men who live well. Racing is it's life. Anything that happens before or after, just waiting. Flat out. What is so important about driving faster than anyone else? Michael? Be careful. 
This isn't just a thousand to one shot. This is a professional blood sport. And it can happen to you. And then it can happen to you again. Skulls, I'm broadcasting. Hey, good morning. This is Magnus Walker. I'm sat here at the Momo Tent at Rensport Reunion 5 at Laguna Seca, and you're listening to Nostalgia Radio on Cars. Rock on, get out and drive. Cheers, man. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Running your computers in Google Tan, talk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio in Sparkling, downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com. And if you've missed any of our past shows, go to our website and visit Nostalgic Radio and Cars, our podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and Golfstream Motorsports. Hi, Bobby. How are you doing this evening? Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. <laughs> I have my pride and joy, my son, Bobby, co-producing the show with me this evening. So how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Well, you had a spectacular weekend, and so did I. Yes, we both did. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you did at the Superboat races while I was 3,000 miles away on the other side of the planet. <laughs> well, um, we had the Bright House 2015 Clearwater Superboat National Championship Festival. Um, down in downtown Clearwater and Clearwater Beach. And we also had a car show on Saturday um, called Super Boats and Super Cars. And that was in the Bayfront Tennis Complex Park um, in front of the tennis or in front of the tennis courts, which is across from Coachman Park. And uh, we just it was like a we called it a, I guess a boutique boutique car show, I guess it would be proper. Um well, you had some pretty interesting cars. I heard you had a real sh- right, two, right. couple real Shelbys. There was a 2005 Mustang, a mm-hmm. Cobra, mm-hmm. and Herbie showed up. And Herbie showed up. And, man, did the people down there love Herbie. And they loved everything, but especially Herbie. The kids loved Herbie. Um, and, it was, yeah, we had a spectacular crowd there. Um, so even though you only had a few cars, you had five cars or so showed up, but still it was entertaining enough so all the people oh, who yeah, enjoyed oh, the yeah. car show. Um, yeah, the, um, there was the, the, uh, that group of... Uh, Lamborghinis on the other side. Um, oh yeah, that's from right. our friends down there in uh, St. Pete. Uh-huh. Um, so it was kind of like these little clusters of cars, if you will, um, scattered throughout the park, and it kept people walking around there for a while. Excellent. <clears throat> and then tell us about some of the boats. There were some new boats that were there. Was a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, boats yeah, yeah. this year. Yeah, right? there's uh, um, just short of forty. Um, we had the MTI, which is Marine Technologies Incorporated. Uh, that boat was there. Um, there's a one wicked looking boat and then there was an envy was new um, this beautiful metallic green boat here um, and they were in the same class as Miss Geico um, and we had a we had an interesting thing this year we had uh, we had it rain for the third race of the boat races on Saturday um, so a lot of people down there were thinking oh are they gonna stop the race are they gonna stop the race but 
the uh, our friends over at uh, 1040 answered that for us. Um, and they said that uh, as long as the helicopters can fly and the safety crews can see them, they keep on racing. The water doesn't hurt them. Um, That's pretty good. So yeah. who, who won the race overall? Uh, well, I'm, I was going to get check on the stats oh. here. But. <laughs> anyway, so uh, while, you're t- while you're figuring that out real quick, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I did. I was over in California, and I was at Laguna Seca for the fifth annual Rensport reunion. Do we have our guests on the line? Oh, okay, good. Put him on. Hey, is this my good buddy Mike? Barely, Robert, barely, but I'm here. How about you, buddy? Well, I just got off the plane. We were two hours late, hanging around the airport for the last uh, 17, 18 hours. I'm wet, but I made it to the show. So how about you? What do you think about this amazing, unbelievable weekend at Rensport Reunion, Porsche, Porsche Nirvana? I don't know. Tell me what you think. Woodstock. It was like, uh, it was definitely the Woodstock of Porsches. Uh, I, I know you and I are both are, are probably I don't I don't I don't know if we're quite back uh, on the East Coast. I feel I'm still out in, in in on the West Coast. I know the the sun has sure left a a East or, or I guess a, a Florida impression on my face because <laughs> uh, we, we we forgot our sunblock being used to the uh, the Monterey fog and and the Monterey beautiful uh let's say 70 degree weather but uh this time i guess the cars were hot the weather was hot and the weekend was hot it was incredible so what'd you take away from the uh event what what just blew your mind i think the passion i think the passion the camaraderie and the dedication to the brand i I really think that it, it showed you know all those three things i think uh porsche's um uh, brand stood tall. I think the dedication and the passion of its customers for the cars, their dedication for their customers by putting together such an event, Porsche Cars North America. Um, I think it's what is it every four years, Robert? Something uh, like that. Yeah. Reunion. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that they really put forth the effort for their um, their customer. I think their customer is there for them. And I really think it, it, it rang through. The cars were incredible. I've never seen so many historic Porsche race cars gathered in one spot, let alone going around the track. You're talking about multi-million dollar pieces of art doing what they were born to do and doing what they did best uh, on, at Laguna Seca, uh, literally live in person, running, driving, smelling, feeling, hearing, and, and watching them go around the track. It was amazing. You know, you and I both had the opportunity to just about check every vantage point of the races, whether we were on the pit side, whether we were up on top where the corkscrew was. I mean, it was just an unbelievable race. And like you said, the history there, the fact that Porsche brought these cars in from the museum, the cars were from Japan, there's cars from South America. It was absolutely incredible. And a special thank goes out to Bruce Canepa for bringing, you know, the uh, his 917 and some of the other amazing cars and 935s that he had there, 962s, and, and oh. prepped most of the cars, too. And well, you- first off, yeah, first off, Bruce did a heck of a job, and I think gathering all those cars and people, um, you know, he's the local anchor. Uh, we we know that for sure, and and he definitely did his part. Uh, I think the track and and Jill and and that gang did their part, and Porsche Cars North America really brought it out, and then they brought it out big time for for all their customers, um. And, and all the passion and all the people that love the brand itself, Porsche was definitely in full effect. Well, you guys even brought two very special cars out. You and Hook brought out, uh, for Gunner Racing, you brought the 
uh, rally car out. And what was the other car you guys brought out? You brought another car from South Florida. Yeah, the other car was uh, the Spider Prototype. Wow. Pretty impressive. And both cars, well, the, the 959 didn't make it on the track, but the Spider Prototype did make it on the track, didn't it? Yeah, correct. It did. Um, uh, they had a, they had a little, uh, I think, electrical issues with the one, but you know, at the end of the day, Robert, there was from the 917s to the 904s, the 906s, and all those famous numbers that you were calling out. I've never seen so many golf cars um, gathered in one spot. Uh, not only the historic cars were out, but uh, and you know them a little better than I know most of them, but, you know, the historic races, racers that drove those cars, um, uh, Brian Redman and Jan Moss and, and you know, Hunchdook, Derek Bell, Jackie X, all those guys were there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was, uh, like I said, I'm still... Uh, Pinching yourself? Yeah, I'm still... Well, wait a minute. And, and the highlight had to be for the fact that, and we're going to put this video on our website, on your website, hollywoodwheels.com, uh, the drive that we did around Laguna Seca. We did a couple passes around the track. Yeah, you and I, we got out there and, and uh, we got to go around. We got to you know, check out the uh, corkscrew and, and do the whole thing. It was simply amazing. You know, we were in the little RS America, my little car that we had brought out, and to actually have that car there to participate in amongst those historic cars, but then for you and I to be able to get in it and, and go around the track, you know, I, I'm not sure. I know the video will be great. Our uh, commentary during the video is probably like, two kids in a candy store so there's <laughs> and i was like christmas morning or something i'm not sure what we said but i know we we sure enjoyed the the ride well then there at the uh, hollywood wheels tent at the amelia island select or actually auto retro in this case because we're primary porsche you had the little porsche junior tractor that was probably one of the biggest attractions there for people in the uh, marketplace in the vendor area don't you think because people just that was probably the most photographed vehicle in the whole 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 vendor area i would have to say well, you know, Robert, you and I could have brought our 917s, but we, we wouldn't have been the only 917 there. So, you know, we brought the uh, the Porsche tractor, and, and for those that don't know, that's kind of where Porsche got their start, obviously. And and it was definitely the the only one there. And, and yeah, it was well-received. A lot of people that didn't know learned, and other people that hadn't seen one but knew got to enjoy. That was incredible. You know, uh, you, there were some noted celebrities there. You got to see some of them. I didn't tell me who. Tell us who some of the celebrities were you saw walking around in the special heritage tent. Well, I got to see uh, Jerry Steinfeld. Obviously, uh, there's a big, big uh, Porsche collector, Porsche enthusiast, and, and fan. And we got to see Jerry walking around, and, and that was exciting. And, and and you were sitting there. You were right next to me when we did the interview with Magnus Walker. Oh, sitting with Magnus was, you know, obviously he's a true passionate car guy and. You got to finally uh, have a moment to do an interview with him, and, and I was fortunate to be part of that and to sit in and listen. And, you know, like I said, when the interview was over, you never have to remember what you're saying when you speak from the heart and the truth comes out of you. Um, it's you're not it's not, not something you got to think about. And he truly, when he talks about these cars, it's a passion, it's a lifestyle, it's a dedication. And it was a great interview. I really was glad to be able to sit in and be a part of it. That's super. We got some good pictures too. Now, on that note, we're actually we have the interview set up for tonight's show. So what we're going to do, and it turned out to be twenty five minutes long, so it's a good long interview. So we're going to take a commercial break. We're going to pay some of those interviews, Mike. We got Auto Retro scheduled for March eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth at Amelia Island. So it's Amelia Island 
Select, which will be on Saturday the uh, 12th, and the Porsche Auto Retro Show. And we'll bring you on again down in the future a little bit as we get a little closer to the event. We can talk more about the highlights of the Hollywood Wheels Auto Retro Porsche Only Auction at Amelia Island. Right, Mike? Hey, I appreciate it. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, Amelia Island's the weekend of the Big Concours, and we're happy to be a part of that. And always glad to be on the show. Obviously, Bobby and you, you guys do a great job, and, and we'd love to get back on. And uh, it was a great weekend, and really enjoyed being a part of it. Super. All right, thank you. Take care. Say hi to everybody. And uh, Hook's probably still on the road, right? Yeah, Hook's, Hook's bringing the goodies back to the toy box, and Hershey's right around the corner, and, and that's the opposite end of the spectrum. So. We're going to get ready for that. Good. We'll see you then. Take care. Oh, yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. That was my good buddy, Mike Flynn, Hollywood Wheels, and founder of Auto Retro, the only Porsche auctioned Porsche cars. Hey, Bobby, how are we doing on time? We're going, we got uh, America. We got a song by America. Here. Super. It's called Hollywood. Hollywood. It okay, this goes out the mic. It goes. <laughs> well, I didn't even plan that, but here it is. <laughs> okay. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with a special interview with the Porsche Collector of Collectors, Magus Walker. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. 
This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey, it's uh, Chad McQueen up here at Rensport, and I am talking to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Have a good day. Peace. Okay, welcome everybody. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and we're here at the fifth Porsche Rensport reunion, and I'm here with the uh, probably the ultimate Porsche collector on the planet. I thought I was that person, but this gentleman is probably more renowned for being an absolute Porsche collector. And I'm delighted to welcome to the Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Magnus Walker. Magnus, welcome to Nostalgic. Hey, it's great to be here at Laguna Seca, Rensport Reunion in the Momo booth. It's uh, already uh, 8.30 and it seems to be about 80 degrees. And uh, I'm just a Porsche enthusiast like everyone else and here for the love of Porsche. We all speak the same language and that language is Porsche. We have a passion for the car and uh, that's what unites everyone together. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into Porsches and why you pick Porsches as opposed to, let's say, like Aston Martin, because you're basically British, right? Yeah, I'm from Sheffield, England. I grew up there until I was 19. I first fell in love with Porsche in 1977 as a 10-year-old kid when my father took me to the London Hills Court Motor Show and I saw a white martini turbo on the stand. And uh, that was love at first sight. I had the poster on the wall. I suppose any kid growing up in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, you had a choice of either being a Porsche fan, a Ferrari fan, or a Lamborghini fan. For some reason, I chose Porsche. I don't quite know why as, as a 10-year-old, but it was just something about the shape of the car and the color scheme. And uh, 38 years later, I'm more passionate about the brand than ever. I acquired my first Porsche in uh, 1992 as a 25-year-old. Uh, Truth be told, uh, when, I, when I was in England, I didn't even have a driver's license. But I never gave up on that dream. That dream as a 10-year-old has stayed with me all the way to this day. And like I said, I'm more enthusiastic about Porsche than I've ever been. And what I love about the car is it's the ultimate freedom to really get out on the road and go drive wherever you want to go, whatever pace you want to drive at. <clears throat> I'm an enthusiast. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a collector. I do collect, I do build, I do race, and I do drive. But ultimately, I just love everything about the early air-cooled cars, especially from 64 through 73. That's my area of uh, pure passion. But my new goal is to have one of every model that Porsche's ever built. So front-engine water-cooled, mid-engine air-cooled, rear-engine air-cooled, and rear-engine water-cooled. Excellent. Now, here we're here at the Momo booth in uh, Laguna Seca, and you've got the famous 277 car here. Tell us a little bit about that car because it's a very interesting car but what I like about it, it's got some really cool patina about it. So give us a, some, a story on this one. Well, I've owned over 5911s. The car that's become known as 277 is the second Porsche I ever bought. I bought it in 1999 at the Pomona Swamp Meet. I paid 7500 bucks for it and uh, like a lot of people back then in the late 90s, I set out to build a uh, 73 RS replica. So the car started life as a 71T has RS flares in it, but um, <clears throat> most of my memorable Porsche moments have been behind the wheel of the car that became known as 277. In 2002, I joined the Porsche Owners Club based in Los Angeles, and 
started taking my aggressive street driving to the track and that's when I went down what I call the Porsche slippery slope of having a need for speed and learning how to modify cars and basically becoming a better driver on the track. So between 02 and probably 07, 08, that was my streetable track car where I'd do probably 40, 50 track days a year. I've raced at Laguna Seca. I've driven that car to Laguna Seca and back seven or eight times. I've raced it at Thunder Hill, California Speedway, Phoenix Motor Speedway, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and of course, lots of laps at Willow Springs. So 277 is the car I'm most associated with. It's the one that people recognize the most. It's the one that's been featured in the most videos. And I think it's the car that people relate to the most because it's a base model Porsche. It's never been fully restored, but it's constantly been modified. It wears its rock chips and scars with pride. And it was just built to be driven. So essentially the sum of the parts of 277 are nothing really that special, but it's just Lots of memorable moments that have been put on that car and lots of miles on the road doing what it does best, being driven. It covers all the five senses. It looks good, it smells good, it feels good, it sounds good. It's just an emotional ride and every time I get in that car, it's a memorable moment. Yesterday I drove up on the Momo Road to Rensport Rally from downtown LA via Willow Springs to Laguna Seca with 75 other cars. Did approximately 400 miles aggressive driving in a hundred degree temperature and for a 45 year old car it never missed a beat so here it is in the Momo booth if you guys are at Rensport Reunion listening to this stop on by the Momo uh, tent and take a look at it. Excellent. Now tell us a little bit about uh, you've kind of built a brand here you know Magnus Walker is a brand you got a strong association with Porsche and you have your own product line with like Porsche accessories tell us about some of those. Well, I don't know about a brand. I'm an enthusiast, like I say. I happen to have an iPhone. I can take a photo and post it up on social media, and people seem to relate to that. I think my relatability is, you know, I didn't grow up with a Porsche in the family. I think people can relate to my story that, you know, I sort of made my own path, left school at 15, came to America at 19, and uh, sort of did it my way. And um, I think a lot of people that relate to what I do are not necessarily purely Porsche people through the support of people like Jay Leno's Garage and Speed Hunters. I've got people that are muscle car guys, sport import tuner guys, guys with a need for speed. So I don't know if I'm a brand, I'm a rock and roll guy. Obviously I'm not your typical Porsche looking guy. So I think the cars that I build are just slightly different enough to where they stand out in a crowd of other Porsche cars. I think, like I say, I think my story is a little bit relatable of not being a typical, uh, typical Porsche guy. And that's pretty much it. I didn't set out to build a brand, as you say. I'm just doing what I like to do. And if people like it even better, you know, we have a little line called Urban Outlaw, which essentially is just baseball caps and T-shirts. I don't build customer cars. I build cars for myself. You know, I'm, I'm a Porsche passionist. I'm a Porsche enthusiast. I like everything about the brand. You know, I'm a member of the Porsche family, so to speak, in a way that... They invite me to events and uh, support me in a way that, you know, seems a little strange because I'm not playing around with new Porsches, I'm playing around with old Porsches. But I think I always go back to the relatability of it doesn't matter what you look like, we all share the same passion for the brand. And passion is something you can't manufacture and put in a bottle and market. You either have passion or you don't. It's a little bit like style. You either have style or you don't. So for me... My background was fashion and film, and I've always been into Porsches since a 10-year-old, and it's just, I throw all that in a uh, blender, and what comes out is 277, myself, and Urban Outlaw. So that's pretty much it. There's no real secret to it. There's no PR team behind it. It's 
me and an iPhone posting photos and people are along for the ride if they like. I mean, we're all in search of the perfect road. We all like to get out and drive. It ultimately doesn't matter whether you're a Porsche guy, a BMW guy, a sport import tuner guy or a muscle car guy. Everyone likes to tweak cars. Everyone likes to add personality to cars. I mean, look at the Mustang. That came out the same year as uh, Porsche 911 did in 1964. Two cars are different in a sense of one's got the motor in the front, one's got the motor in the back, but they're both iconic motoring legends. When you think of Porsche, you think of 911. When you think of uh, Ford, you think of Mustang. So those two cars have passionate people that love to modify the cars. And so, like I say, it doesn't really matter what car you choose. My drug of choice, my religion is Porsche. That's the team I picked as a 10-year-old, and 38 years later, I'm still with that team, more passionate than ever. So uh, that's basically the story right there. That's the story, right. Tell us a little bit about the wheels now. Now, you have your own line of wheels, right? Yeah, since the Urban Outlaw film came out, Almost three years ago, I've uh, sort of been fortunate enough to have people approach me with opportunities, you know, and uh, I'm really selective as to what I sort of get into. And uh, the wheels, I teamed up with 1552. Those are the guys that do all the wheels for Ken Blocks. And when you watch old Ken Blocks, Jim Carner videos, he's going sideways on 1552 wheels. And they approached me wanting to do a collaborative wheel. And like I said earlier, the Porsches that I build and the touches that I do to them is just adding my own individual style and that's what separates me from other builders. So a lot of people had replicated the iconic Fuchs wheel that came out in 1967 on the 911S. Well, of course, we wanted to reinterpret that wheel. We wanted to do something different and we wanted to do something that stood out. So we didn't replicate the Fuchs wheel. We took that as our inspiration and we changed the profile and hollowed out the spokes which actually ate for better cooling, and it just created our own Fuchs-inspired Outlaw wheel, known as the 52 Outlaw wheel, which we're now doing in sizes from 15 to 18 inch in a two-piece forged wheel. We're also doing a three-piece wheel, and we're just about to debut a uh, 18, 19, and 20 inch monoblock wheel at the SEMA show on my buddy Alex Sharkworks uh, GT2, which will be in the Mobile One booth. So started out basically as a passion project, reinterpreted an, an iconic legendary wheel. You know, our wheels like every other wheel in a sense of it's round. It's got five lug nuts on it. You can put a tire on it, it rolls, but as you see, it looks a little bit different. But it, to me, it sort of looks like it could have rolled out of the factory in the late 60s or early 70s. So, you know, that was one thing that came from a collaboration. The Momo signature wheel that we're releasing here at Rensport Reunions, another one where Enrique from Momo visited me in LA during the Long Beach Grand Prix in April of this year. I showed him around my uh, collection and told him how I love vintage Momo wheels and showed him how about half of my cars run Momo wheels unless they're running a stock wheel and uh, over a conversation similar to this organically we developed my own signature steering wheel which was a combination of the uh, thick grip Jackie Stewart perhaps my favorite all-time Momo wheel combined with the Momo Pratipo with a slight dish. So I combined those two wheels into one and then to add yet again another personalized individual touch. I don't like the feel of new steering wheels. So we hand distressed the leather to give a little bit of a vintage patina and a vintage look. And uh, I couldn't be more honored that Momo's celebrating their 50th anniversary. The company was founded in Italy in 1964, the same year the Porsche 911 came out. So Momo and 911 have been together for 50 years. I always talk about the great thing about these early air-cooled cars is you control the car with your two hands and your brain and your two feet. So there's nothing better than actually driving my own car with my own wheel. And it's just such an honor that this is the first time Momo's ever done a 
signature wheel with an individual that's not a racing car driver. So to be sort of, you know, linked in some way to the iconic racing legends like Jackie Stewart, Jackie Hicks, Clay Regazzoni, Mario Andretti, Nicky Lauda and numerous others is a true honor for me to have my own Momo signature wheel. So that's just one of those things, like I say, that just happens organically. Things for me is I'm a believer in karma. You know, I treat people well. I always have time to talk to people and I'm a believer in what goes around comes around. So. I've been fortunate enough to sort of be on this journey on the open road, as I say, not knowing what's coming next, but things just seem to keep evolving in a positive direction. And I tend to say yes more than I say no. And I tell you, I think staying motivated and focused and being open to opportunities and really just trying to do things that feel right is, is what's got me to where I am today. And that's why we sat down here talking about Porsche Passion. We're talking about Momo and we're talking about Rensport Reunion. Excellent. I mean, you can truly sense the passion in your in your dialogue. That's great. Tell us about some of the other cars in your collection, because you have a number of cars. Yeah, my ultimate goal originally was to have one of every year from 1964 through 1973. So that covered the beginning of the automotive Porsche 911 legend that's been in production for over 50 years now. So from 64, that was the first year they only made 232 cars. That is my holy grail car. So. The jewel in my crown is my numbers matching 64 911. The buck end to that is the uh, 73 911, which sort of is the end of the early cars before they go to what's known as a G-body 74 and onwards. So my collection really was 64 through 73. <clears throat> I managed to get one of each year of those. Then I caught a dose of what I like to call turbo fever. I told you how I fell in love with Porsche as a 10-year-old through the turbo in 1977. <clears throat> So my next goal was to have one of each year of the turbo cars. So when you think of Porsche, really, you think of the 911 and then you think of the turbo. The turbo is the iconic automotive Porsche legendary shape. Looks fast, standing still. So that car came out in 1975. Porsche made 284 models of the 75 turbo. I've been fortunate enough to have both a left-hand drive 75 and a right-hand drive 75 turbo at the same time. I also have a couple of 76s and a 77 so that covered the uh, first year first three years of the uh, three liter intercool uh, non-intercooled uh, small brake early turbos the beginning of the iconic turbo legend so my collection now my goal is to have one of every model that Porsche has ever owned so the next step was G body which basically goes from 74 through 89 covers the 911 the 911 SC and the uh, 3.2 Carrera so I had a 78 79 SC Next step in the evolution is the 964. That's the latest build that I'm uh, working on right now that will debut at the SEMA show in November in Las Vegas at the Pirelli Tire booth. So ultimately the goal will next be to have a 993, 996, 997, and ultimately a 991. I've also started what I like to call my front engine water cool collection, which will consist of 924. I already have a 924 Turbo, a 924 Carrera GT, the next step will be an early series 1928, and then I'll finish it off with a 944 Turbo S and hopefully a 968. So that will cover Porsche's first front engine water cooled cars, and then naturally I need to acquire, well, I just acquired a 914, which is a mid engine car. So the new goal is front engine Porsche, mid engine Porsche, rear engine air cooled and water cooled Porsche. Because now I'm all about variety. I want to experience everything Porsche's ever put out because no two cars ever drive the same. 
I always talk about it's all about the drive. I'm always talking about getting out and drive. So I don't experience everything that Porsche has had to offer, the mark that I love. So that is a new goal for the collection. You forgot the 928 GTS. Are you going to get one of those? Last year, 1995, right? Well, that's a car that's on my list, but that's also a car that's becoming really quite expensive. And I'm not a collector that really spends a lot of money on my cars. So, And I also like the beginning of the collection. So an early Series 1 928, the real pure version, right. to me is a little more desirable than a 928 GTS. Even though that's perhaps the best of the breed and the last of the line, I like to start at the beginning, not the end. So my goal is to have an early 928, just like I have the first Porsche's front-engine water-cooled 924 Turbo 1980 model. So I like to start at the beginning as opposed to at the end. Since you're kind of fashion-minded and you're talking about the late 70s, you know, they had the really cool psychedelic interior, you know, the The, the Pasha, well, yeah. my, 920, uh, my 1980 924 Turbo is silver with black and white Pasha. I just missed out on the opportunity to uh, acquire a uh, 1980 Series 1 Euro 928 in silver with a Pasha interior. And to me, that would have been the ultimate buck end. 924 silver black Pasha, 928 silver black Pasha. But I'm also into oddball colors, Minerva blue, ice cream, metallic. You know, my 75 Turbo is ice cream metallic with red tartan interior. My 77 Turbo is ice cream metallic with avocado green leather and green uh, plaid interior. So I like oddball colors. So to me, I don't chase colors, but it's great to have oddball colors. Now, how about 356s? Do you have any interest in collecting any of those? Yeah, I do. I'm just not cool enough to have a 356 yet. But my buddy Rod Emery is uh, the ultimate 356 outlaw. So I'd actually love to have a real early you know, pre-A bent window Emery Outlaw, so that would be my ultimate thing, you know, if you're a 356 guy, you obviously know Rod Emery and the Emery family, and everything they've done to a 356s over the past four or five decades is pretty awesome. Oh yeah, and a father and son team. Yeah, operation. grandfather, father and son team, it's incredible. It is. I mean, Rod's a cool guy, he's the guy that um, fabricated my latest sort of thing, my trademark uh, stamp steel front louvered fender on my uh, 67S, so uh, Rod's an awesome guy. <clears throat> He's obviously a 356 guy along with a 911 guy and obviously a fellow Porsche enthusiast. So uh, to answer your question, a 356 is on my list and ultimately a uh, Emery Outlaw would be the classic. So outside of Porsches, what other cars you had that kind of fascinate you? I just well, here's my 69 Super B tattoo. At one time during the 90s, we weren't purely Porsche. My wife and I, uh, well, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, my Georgia Peach wife, Karen, sort of allows me to pursue my passion. And in the, uh, the mid-90s, we had a, a pretty diverse collection of cars. We had a 65 GT Shelby replica 350 Mustang built on a 65 uh, chassis with a 351 Cleveland, Richmond 5-speed, and a Detroit locker. So that was a fun car, GT 350R replica Mustang. Oh, at the same time, we had a 67 E-Type Jag Series 1. <clears throat> had two 69 Super Bs, a 383 four-speed and a 440 Auto. Also had a 73 Lotus Europa Twin Cam. <clears throat> had a 79 308 GTB Ferrari and three or four Porsche 911s at the same time. So that covered a little bit of variety of American muscle cars and European sports cars. Do you still have some of those domestic cars or are you strictly Porsche now? No, it's funny, over the past... <clears throat> probably by 2005 we sort of got rid of everything that was a non-Porsche you know I realized that the Porsche basically just was the ultimate driving machine 
the muscle cars went fast in a straight line but didn't really stop well. <clears throat> Mustang sort of was a little bit better but nothing compared to the 911. Do you like to do a lot of track events? Well, as I said earlier, between 02 and 06, 07, 08, I probably did 40, 50 track days a year. I club raced with the Porsche Owners Club. I actually was a driving instructor with the Porsche Owner Club and 277 had probably done four, 500 track events along with uh, countless uh, memorable moments of aggressive street driving. So uh, uh, road or track, to me, it's all a matter of getting out and driving and just having fun behind the wheel. Excellent. Now you're you're also involved in the clothing line in the fashion, and and you do some film stuff too, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for me, Porsche is a hobby. It's not a job. The day job is uh, for 20 years we've run a rock and roll clothing business called Serious Clothing, outfitting everyone essentially from Alice Cooper to Madonna and everyone in between. We're also in the film location business. We've been lucky enough to uh, acquire property in downtown LA in the Arts District before it became uber trendy. So over the past 15 years, we've rented out buildings to production companies for commercial filming, everything from low budget to big budget, everything from big time movies to small time film shoots, reality shows, TV shows, music videos and commercials. So the common bond thread between the three things that we've done, clothing, rehabbing buildings that got into the film business and building and designing, for lack of a better term, outlaw Porsches, they all have an artistic style, which is sort of the interpretation of my rock and roll style. So we're sort of a three-way thing of clothing, filming, and uh, Porsches. So that's the great thing about being in L.A. You're allowed the opportunity to do whatever you want. Like I said earlier, it doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from, or what you sound like. L.A. is a melting pot that if you're dedicated and motivated, the opportunity is there. If you work hard, follow your dream, and never give up on your goal, you can do whatever you want. So. My motto has always been just follow your gut, go with your gut feeling, and do whatever makes you happy. Excellent. Now, you mentioned rock and roll. Are you a musician, too, by any chance? Yeah, I can strum a few chords. You know, I uh, like everyone. You collect things. You know, humans like to collect. You collect what old vintage watches. You and I have a very similar early Porsche design watch. I uh, collect watches just like I collect uh, guitars and cars. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a Gibson guy, so anything from the 60s, early 70s, SGs and Les Pauls, that's my thing. You know, uh, I got a few hollow body guilds. Uh, so you're either a Fender guy or a Gibson guy, I think, but uh, I'm a Gibson guy. It's sort of like you pick your poison. You're either a Porsche guy or a Ferrari guy. You're a uh, Gibson guy or a Fender guy. So I've always been a Gibson guy. You know, my love of heavy metal music, you know. ACDC, Black Sabbath, those are SG guys. Robbie Led, Krieger. Yeah, Led Zeppelin, yeah, Robbie Krieger from The Doors, Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath, Angus Young, you know, that's trademark Gibson SG, trademark Gibson Les Paul, sort of has to be Jimmy Page, trademark Gibson Flying V, Michael Schenker. So, you know, I grew up listening to Motorhead, Saxon, UFO, Scorpions, Black Sabbath, you know, all the classics, Metallica. Wishbone Ash. He yeah, Molly Hatchet, Leonard Skinner, you know, so that's in my DNA. I spoke earlier on about not being your typical Porsche-looking guy. You know, that sort of, I guess, opened the door for me a little bit about not looking like your typical Porsche guy. You know, wearing a uh, 
plaid shorts and a polo shirt polishing your car, that's not me. So I brought a little bit of rock and roll edge into what I do in the clothing industry, into the design element of the buildings with Restored and also a little bit of a signature style into the Porsches that I built. Well, Magnus, you're a pretty amazing guy. You're pretty eclectic. You're pretty cool. You're extremely passionate, whether it's your clothing line, Porsches, Gibson guitars. I'm actually a Gibson fan, too. I like SGs. It's one of my favorite guitars. And then I like Fender Strats. I think they're cool. So, you know, but I'm a Ford guy. Hey, variety. I get it. I'm all about variety. <clears throat> but I do want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes. Hey, you know what, man? I know it took about a year and a half to finally sit down and have this conversation. You know, I, I know you've contacted me a few times, and... I'm a busy guy, I don't always have enough time to get back to everybody because I'm sort of a one-man army, but uh, I'm great that we actually took this perfect opportunity here at the Momo stand at Laguna Seca at Rensport Reunion on day one to sit down and have a chat, catch up, talk about memorable moments, share some stories and talk ultimately about passion. Passion in life goes a long way, you know, motivation goes a long way and basically if you put your heart and soul into whatever you want to do, you're able to achieve whatever you want to do by doing what you love. So that's always been my motto. I appreciate your time and support. And uh, let's have a great day and get out there and see some great racing on the track at Laguna Seca. Excellent. Thank you very much, Magus. Thanks, man. Cheers. It's been great. Rock on. Okay, we're back, and that was an interview at the Rensport Reunion 5, Porsche Rensport Reunion 5. Look at this this past week, and I had an opportunity to sit down with Magnus, uh, Mike from Hollywood Wheels, my partner and boss and, and good friend and uh, comrade and, and car guy. And uh, we sat there, and we did this interview, and it was pretty cool. Magnus was pretty open about everything. And after the interview, actually before the interview, we were standing around with a bunch of people. We did like a little couple photo shots and stuff, and then afterwards we hung around a little more, and it was pretty cool. And it's funny because after, I don't know if you noticed it during the interview, he's kind of, he's almost getting hoarse a little bit. And after the interview, he goes, wow, that was enough. That was a long interview. I'm, uh, I'm going to, that's enough to uh, like uh, last me the whole weekend. So, but I was very, very fortunate. Um, he's a super nice guy, very passionate guy. If you get a chance to look him up, Magnus Walker, you can find out more about him on his website, Magnus Walker. Magnus Walker, I guess. Anyway, he will be at SEMA. He'll be at the Pirelli booth. He'll I believe have, it is man, Mangus, Magnus, MagnusWalker.com. MagnusWalker.com. And he is a one-man show. I mean, he doesn't have a PR guy or anything like that. Basically, you know, he sits there and, uh, you know, he sits there on his little comp on his phone, takes it with him wherever he goes. And uh, cool dude. Hey, what about you? Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, boat race? Yeah, sure. Um, the reason why I uh, stopped before is because... Um, it's not just simple. I, I don't want to just say who won the race. I want to go through the classes real quick and okay, explain it properly. Um, so in Superboat Unlimited here at Clearwater Superboat, um, that that class, Superboat Unlimited, um, CMS first place, and Miss Geico second place, and third place Marine Conte Concepts Speed Racer. Uh, so that's Superboat Unlimited. Uh, Superboat Extreme first place, Twisted Metal Motorsports. Second place, Hooters and third place outer limits <clears throat> okay and superboat class uh we have first place cleveland construction second place team amsoil and third place sailor jerry's okay then superboat v um we have first place phantom second place sunprint and third place lsb lily sports boats um, Superboat Stock, uh, first place, the Hulk Redline Oil, um, second place, Tailboat Excavating, ta ta Talbot ex Excavating, and third place, Smart Marine, 
manufacturer production p3 we got uh first place the developer second place second amendment and third place voodoo offshore racing and then manufacturer production p4 we have uh first place no vacancy second place too cruel and third place pump it pump and uh just a second i gotta take the phone call here take a phone call but i'm gonna announce the national championship national champions the national champion so tell them about them i'll tell well actually i wasn't there i'll just tell you about the porsche red sport region thing but uh if you uh listened to us earlier when i had mike on the show it was pretty amazing they had uh six porsche 917s it's probably the only time since the early 70s that six of the porsche 917s uh, were there. There was the long tails, there was the short tail, there was the 70 cars, the 71 cars, the 69 cars, 917 Can-Am cars. So there was some pretty amazing stuff. The factory brought over a bunch of cars. There was a very, very early uh, Gmund race car there that was on display at the Porsche Park, they called it, Porsche, which was put on by Porsche Cars of North America. That car is actually be, being built by Rod Emery. So uh, you heard Magnus Walker mention Rod Emery. Rod Emery, the Emery family, has uh, been in the industry rebuilding and, and, and servicing 356 Porsches. It's basically gone from the grandfather to the father and after the son. Uh, they do an excellent job. There was the Austrian 19, well, it wasn't the 70, but in 1970, Porsche of Austria, the family, their car, which was ne- not in, in typical German colors. It was always either an all-white car with red trim or an all-red car with white trim, and then the Austrian flag, which is red, white, red. And uh, that car was there on display. And then there was the new 918, uh, the, the, the Le Mans winning car. So it was pretty amazing, pretty impressive. It's, it's, it would take me a long time to tell the story about all the cool things, but I will assure you that uh, they had something like 57,500 people show up at Laguna Seca for this particular event. There was over 350 race cars participating. There was another 100 very special race cars on display, and there was something like 12 to 1,300 Porsches, privately owned cars that showed up. They were just driven and brought there by Porsche enthusiasts. It was absolutely amazing. It was one of the largest car shows I've ever been to, and a racing event. Now, Bobby, do we have a uh, caller on the line? Yeah, do you want me to go through the national champions real quick? Yeah, go ahead, real quick. Okay, real quick. Super Bowl. We got Steel, uh, Superboat Unlimited, Lucas Oil Silverhooked, uh, Superboat Extreme, 22, number 22, Instigator, Superboat V, absolutely not, Superboat Stock, the Hulk Redline Oil, uh, Manufacturer P3, Black Pearl, and P4 is Too Cruel. All right, and then we're off to uh, the Key West in uh, two weeks for the uh, World Championship, right? Superboat races. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you got you got a caller on the line there? I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out here in just a second. Okay, let's see. Anyway, one of the cool things was is uh, Laguna Seca is, is a two and a half mile track, and uh, Josh. Hello. 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 Hello? Call, caller. This is a paying customer. Paying customer? Sorry, you put me on hold. What? Who's sir? Can I help? I'm sorry, you put me on hold. Don't put me on hold, Robert. I don't understand this. This is baloney. What what, 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 what? You're lucky we're this on the radio, Robert. This this, yeah, this is a paid customer. <laughs> this is somebody that's in your backyard, not California. You always talk about California. We don't care about California. What's Have you forgotten that you live, you're in Florida? What, where, where are you located right now? Uh, in, in Florida. Yeah, so why do we care about something that's 3,000 miles away? We, what? What? Who, I've, who, I've who, had who, enough of your Porsche garbage, all right? Who, Give me a break. Who is this? This is Robert, the angry car guy. 
Your name's Robert, too? Uh, I wish it wasn't, but unfortunately it is. Really? I gotta listen to your crap every week. You talk about the same non-American sports car. I don't know. When are you gonna talk about real American stuff here? Well, like, we do. We talk about Mustangs and Shelbys once in a while. When was the last time you, you talked about that? Well, a couple of weeks ago, because uh, it was the 50th anniversary of the Shelby reunion at uh, Laguna Seca in March and May, I mean in August. All right, all right. Well, whatever. Okay. So, Robert, so I'm calling you to complain about your show. I mean, what kind of lazy kind of show are you running there? Well, what's Let's wrong with my show? You just, you just ran a recording for 25 minutes. What were you doing while you were running that recording? You in the bathroom? I mean, come on. No, I was. I was. This was a. That was an actual interview with Magnus Walker from uh, Laguna Seca this past weekend. Okay, must be nice. Must be nice. You just fly all over the place while us workers sit around here in this godforsaken heat that we got here. I mean, you're not talented. You're not funny. Well, wait a minute. Heat. You got heat out in California too. It's just. It's, it's just humid here. Nasty humid. Yeah. Oh. Well, anyway. Okay. By the way. Uh, I am a fan, of, uh, you know, a fan of Magnus myself, but, and it, get his website right, which is urbanoutlaw.com, okay? Get it, do some research, Robert. Come on, quit being the lazy host here. Well, I, well, hey, you know what? If you don't like it, why don't you get your own radio show? Hey, I'm getting my own radio show. In fact, I'm, I'm going to have my own app now. It's coming out in two days. It's called Speed Culture App. Comes out at the end of the week, and it's going to just floor you. We're going to be, we're going to run you over, Robert. Run you over. Speed culture? What's that? Speed culture app? Never heard of it. Where? Do, what, what? Okay, okay. Let, let, me, let me explain. Okay. You know all those shows that you don't talk about, that you never talk about? You know, import shows, American car shows. Well, this app actually tells you everything that's happening within your area via GPS. No kidding. Where do, how, do yeah. I, how do I find out about this Speed Culture app? You go to speedcultureapp.com. Let's see. That's an app, a P, and the rest, you know, speed. Speed. Something that you don't know. You and your big SUV, you probably drive. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Who the heck do you think you are? What is your name? Do you even, do you even have a car that you drive? No, I drive it. When, when is the last time you've been to a car show with your own car, Robert? I want to know. Tell, tell us all. Come on. Been years. Well, that's just sad. Sell all that junk and get a real ride. Well, 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 Robert, Mister, what you said? You're what? The angry car guy? I'm Robert, the angry car guy. Unfortunately, I have to. Hey, hey, I don't know who that guy was. But anyway, hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget to check out our show every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. For the most legendary, fascinating names in motorsports, check out the car shows. Don't forget speedcultureapp.com. Stay home. No, wait a minute. Don't stay home. Stay, <laughs> drive carefully, stay safe, and love your family. See you guys. to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay.
WDTF Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. Country.